All righty, we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode 107 of the Blue Ribbon Podcast. 107. 107. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so we'll start with a little wrap up. Uh, we, uh, was it, has it been two weeks now since we went to the truck show? March 25th? Yeah, last week. Oh, been almost three weeks. I think it's three weeks. Yeah. 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 So we went to the Mid America Truck Show. Uh, we had a pretty good time. Hung out with the Pittsburgh Power folks. Uh, hung out in the Landstar booth. Met some of the listeners. That was that was fun. Uh, sometimes it's a little weird just because you know people are like, "Hey," and you know, just not used to it yet. I love it. Keep coming, but it's just it's just weird, you know. It, it's unsettling when somebody knows you and you have no idea who they are. You yeah. Know? Um. So. Uh, <clears throat> We, uh, so we had a great time, um, had a great, uh, company dinner, handed out some awards and, um, just had a really good time. We had, what we have about 40 people at the dinner. We did. We had 40 people and we had a couple of people that we had one, one of our truck owners broke down on the way <laughs> in an RV and couldn't get there. So, yeah, but, uh, and we had, we had all of our, all of our staff, I mean, all of our crew except one, you know, was there. So I had one there. of our drivers break down in the bar and, uh, <laughs> that's what, so. that's true. We did have a casualty there. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he's never heard that, uh, that old saying one tequila, two tequila, three tequila floor. Um, yeah, yeah. three, three double shots knocked him down for a couple of days and we didn't see much of him. Um, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> true. Now, it was it was great. I mean, you know, the first time we'd been able to go in since 2019, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, the show was uh, was a little underwhelming, not to be honest with you. You know, it. Uh, I think maybe a lot of people just aren't back yet. Um, you know, the the major OE, the OEMs weren't there, and that was a disappointment because they always bring really really nice, you yeah. know, booths and and um, uh, the you know, but. Anyway, it was good to see uh, things face to face for for you know first time in a while, and and um, um, you know I didn't get a chance to yeah to walk the show at all. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I really can't comment on the quality of the show because I hadn't seen much of it. I saw Pittsburgh Power and I saw Landstar. That's yeah. about it. Well, I'm just going by what people told me, and, and I did have to walk in and out of it to get to Landstar's booth and to get to Pittsburgh Power, but. Um, but that's South hall, I guess it is South, whatever it is up there where normally all those OEMs are, that that was just basically empty, you know? Yeah. So, um, but, um, but yeah, we spent uh, all day Saturday, um, no, all day Friday, uh, back in the West wing, um, in and around Pittsburgh power and some of our other vendors there, MD alignment, um, OPS. fleet, fleet air filter, you know, OPS, um, Let's don't leave anybody out. Um, Got to hang out with Kevin a little bit. That was nice. Kevin was at the Pittsburgh Power Booth, and we did talk to him a little bit. Got got caught up on him and his uh, severance with uh, with <laughs> Sirius XM. Got the inside scoop on that a little bit. So, um, um, and then of course Saturday we uh, we hung out at the Landstar booth and uh, just were available there. People, a lot of people come by that booth thinking that, you know, they can come drive for Landstar, but, but as you all well know, you have to have a truck. And so it's always convenient for us to be there and, and uh, be available. Also, we, um, we, we prepared for some BCO mentoring 
uh, conversations and we did have a couple. So, and, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit too. That's a, that's an area that we have a little growth opportunity in because we have some, uh, some capacity there that we, with Seth that we didn't, didn't have before. So that something we can also talk about. Um, um, but it was a, it was a great thing. The, the, our, the dinner was, was awesome. I thought, you know, kind of, we had a private dining room over at the hotel and, and my, my wife, Mary Lou spent a lot of time, you know, with the decorations, all that kind of stuff. And, and, um, I, it was a, I think it was a pretty good night. And we had a couple of Landstar guys there. Um, uh, one from the, the, um, Arizona field operations center and then the cabs fellow from Indianapolis. And I think they left there pretty, pretty impressed with what we do. Um, and just out of, I mean, it was just, co- it was just coincidence too. Um, Landstar interviewed me about, I don't know, a month or six weeks ago for the next, um, episode, not episode, but, um, what the hell you call it? Magazine. Oh next, yeah. Whatever it is. The next printing of their magazine. Uh, they're doing an article on fleets at Landstar. So, um, we're going to get that, uh, I think that's coming out this week. And then, uh, I think as kind of as, as a spinoff of that, or maybe the, the presence that we had at the, at the truck show, we, they invited me to be, uh, on their podcast, which we recorded on Thursday. So the next, uh, Landstar podcast, which by the way, they told me is going to be their very first one they've ever put on YouTube. So, It'll be YouTube and whatever their normal podcast platforms are. So it was a good talk. We talked about, I don't know, maybe an hour um, about entrepreneurship and and in particular what, you know, our business model, what we do here and how it's different. So um, it was fun. It's a good deal. Um, so um, <clears throat> we, um, we're seeing all this noise now chris about the upcoming bloodbath yeah so i thought we ought to take a little time and talk about that i mean it's not that we haven't talked about it i started talking about the very probably the very first podcast you had me on you know um we've we said over and over and over again this isn't normal this isn't normal this isn't normal this isn't normal and the problem is there's so many people that haven't even been in this industry long enough to know what normal is you know um and they've, and unfortunately they've made buying decisions based on this, this abnormal last two years or so, three years. <clears throat> and, um, boy, there's going to be some problems. There's going to be some, some, um, you know, some, uh, negative, um, ripple effects from that. Um, you know, one I thought about the other day, I haven't really heard anybody talk about. And that is that, you know, that in this industry, insurance, physical damage insurance is called stated value insurance. And what that means is that it doesn't really matter what you, I mean, you can choose whatever value to put on your truck that you want, and you can pay the premium based on that choice you make. And as we well know, when it comes time to file the claim, no, no matter what you decided to value it at and no matter what premium you paid the claim is only going to be paid for what the current that at that moment the current market value is of the truck 
-hmm. And I got to thinking about that. You know, trucks right now are outrageously priced and people are paying it and people are paying it, you know? So what happens if you pay double for one of these trucks and next year, well, later this year, whenever this bloodbath happens that we're Mm -hmm. talking about and the, and the, the value of these trucks plummet, which they will, you know, if, if you had, if you, if you finance that truck and you wrecked it, you could get paid, uh, the, the, the payoff on, I mean, you could get paid the value of the truck. I mean, the total value of the truck and still not be able to pay the loan off. You, you could still own, owe half the value of the truck and nothing. And, and you, you just have to pay it out of your pocket, you know? Um, or you bump into the limit, you know, you, you, you know, the, the 25, 30, like, you know, 25, $30,000 limit. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 there's so many things, <clears throat> which is what we try to do here, right? We're, we're trying to get people to think a little bit outside the box. They've been pro- so programmed by their carriers, uh, and by the, the kind of corporate news media to believe things that just aren't true. And then there are things that are true. They're just oblivious to the, the fact of how this insurance works. And of course, we've, we've had a couple of total trucks now. So we, we've learned a lot through that process. Um, but people are not thinking beyond today. Uh, and that's a big problem. I was looking at this article, Rachel Premack wrote this up. She must've left business insider and is working for freight waves now. She was kind of the, that's true. I saw that too. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find this, uh, this line in here that I really keyed in on. Might take me a second to get to it. Uh, it was about, um, here it is. Uh, still the plummeting freight rates are stressing out the many, many new truck drivers who started their own fleets or entered this industry in the past two years. Their experience of running a trucking business has been in an unusually favorable market. Some might not have previous experience running a business. So the plummeting rates coupled with the spike in diesel are a slap in the face. It's more like getting hit in the mouth by Mike Tyson, um, which generally only happens once. Um, the people, you know, you could fall off a log the last two years in trucking and make money. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately that leads a lot of people into what Larry calls the Landstar early retirement program where <clears throat> you come as a company driver making 50, 60, 70 grand a year. Right. And you get a truck and you come to Landstar in this market and you're making two, three, four thousand dollars a week without really trying all that hard. You've effectively tripled or in some cases quadrupled the cash flow coming through the house, you know, but you're not setting any of it back, or you're going, Oh, well, if I work full time, I'll make four thousand dollars a week. I can only work two or three hours days a week and and make the same or double what I made before. Right. And, and even we struggle here <laughs> trying to get people to grasp the concept that if you are going to be in business, no matter what it is, if it's trucking or it's anything else, the first five years 
is going to have to be you working harder than you ever thought you could work because something's going to happen. There's If you're in construction, the construction market's going to dip. If you're in trucking, the market's going to dip. Something is going to happen in the, in the five years, the first five years that your business is open, that you're going to be challenged and it's going to cost you a lot of money. And if you don't have that saved up, you're screwed. And we even get people that come here and we try to, you know, explain to them, number one, we've got a lot of mouths to feed. We got to feed the truck owner. We got to feed the driver. We got to feed blue ribbon. We got to feed me and Larry and, and, and all the management. And that takes a high level of utilization. But I see people like, well, I don't have to work that hard. No, you do. You do. You, you, you literally do because we all do. I work 24, seven, 365. I'm never off duty, you know? Um, and I'm okay with that. That's what I signed up for. Um, but we don't, you know, and my wife still has a grasp of this concept. Like I'm going on vacation, but I'm not really on vacation. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to a thing with my daughter. It's some kind of bluegrass festival thing and it's going to be up in the mountains of west virginia and i have found out there's no cell service but they do have wi-fi at the hotel i'm going to be on vacation but i'm still going to be plugged in with what's going on because i have to be you know i can't you can't escape it you know and this idea that you can go home on friday and turn it off you can't do that you're if you're going to be in business you are in business. If you don't want to be in business 24 7, 365, don't get in business. Well, <clears throat> you know, not just in trucking, because we've said this many times the first time owner operator buying the first truck, the failure rate is extremely high. But businesses of all type, you know, 65% of all businesses will be, will be gone in the first five years. Mm-hmm. so and that and that's the and one the, there's several reasons we've identified a lot of those but 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 most of those are people just do not understand the sacrifice it takes you know they're not willing to do you know they think they're going to get in business and have and be able to make all the decisions on their own and that's really not the case you know the the, the they're just like what you're saying right there you know when you're a company driver work driving for anderson and you want a vacation to hell with anderson right you know, they, you can give a damn if they had Wi-Fi or not, but when you, when you, when you, when your name gets on the deal and then, you know, you've got something in it that, that, that you know, you've got skin in the game, it's a whole different story. No. Um, you know, you've, uh, I mean, you've, you've heard me say over and over again, you know, I mean, it, uh, you know, business is hard, you know, do, you know, it, it, the decision to buy a truck is easy. Mm-hmm. The ability to keep that truck in business is not. You know, and uh, then the thing that this last two years has done is it's, is it sort of camouflaged that because, you know, you can pay, we well, could pay whatever you want to for a truck in the last two years and make the payment. Okay. I don't, I, I didn't recommend that, but, um, but you could, you know, um, but all businesses have cycles. This one's no exception. And, and people that make the decision to pull back and work less to make the same money are really going to regret that now because had they just kept working the same way they were before, they would have had all this extra cash. Well, they could have, they might not have had, but they, you know, they had the opportunity to have cash, you know, and then 
then this this quote bloodbath isn't quite as um, problematic. You know, if you had pay if you had paid extra payments on your truck that you bought paid too much for the past two years because you could make three or four times what you did before and paid it off, the bloodbath wouldn't bother you right now. What the bloodbath is going to happen to people like you're talking about right here. You know, they have too much truck payment and they don't, and their, and their cost of operation is way too high because they don't really care or know what the cost of operation is. Those guys are going to be in a big, big, big hurt. Let me read this comment for the audio people. Uh, Timothy comments, a friend of mine has a square hood Pete that gets 5.5 miles per gallon and has $5,500 a month tractor and trailer payments. He has been doing okay, but he's getting real nervous now. Tell you what, he needs a bankruptcy attorney. That's yeah. he just needs to go ahead and 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 call him up and say, "Listen, um, I don't need you today, but sometime in the next three to twelve months, we're going to be talking because I'm going to be bankrupt." God Almighty! Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's 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 not sustainable, you know. Uh, and that's not even a really extreme example. Well, the five point, well, it's not. I was on ATBS numbers the other day. They came out with their most recent numbers. I thought I kept that somewhere. I might look for it in a minute. But um, uh, we all know how good 2021 was, yet the average owner-operator's income, just under 70 grand. Average owner-operator's income, just under 70 grand. Um, and... Uh, the average of all ATBS, the average fuel mileage was the low, low sixes. Uh, and 20, ATBS is 20,000 customers. Okay. So, um, you know, still the, the, the average owner operator is getting horrible fuel mileage and is making horrible. I mean, there's company drivers that make 70 grand. Okay. Oh, with no yeah. risk. I mean, Walmart just raised there. I, I got a tickle out of that. Walmart set the, what was the quote? Set the standard. In, in yeah. trucking with 110, <laughs> I said, well, uh, we set a standard years ago, you know, so, um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think about that Walmart thing, you know, and I, and I get it, I get a, I get a chuckle because some of our guys go, yeah, that load right there paid, paid $7 a mile. I'm like, dude, there's a reason why it pays that. Okay. If you can't get anybody to do anything, you have to persuade them. I'm thinking if Walmart had a five-year waiting list that I remember, I remember they used to have, they wouldn't be paying 110 grand a year to start. Okay, so um, anyway, people pay what they have to pay. But, um, but getting back to the to the to the bloodbath, okay, um, you know it, it's there, there's there's a listen. There'll be a, some people that can adjust their operation and uh, and and survive it. But here's what it's going to take. First of all. They're gonna have to. Um, they're gonna have to get a grip on their fuel mileage. Okay, that's you know we 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 preach this all the time. Fuel mileage is not no more than decisions. All right, and uh, now you may have a truck that doesn't get great fuel mileage, but there's things you can do to make it better. You know, first thing you do slow down. Most people drive way 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 too fast. You know, but and, Larry, I can do an extra load every week if I drive faster. Right. Of course you can. So, um, <clears throat> you know, um, but, but you're, you're gonna, you know, why do you think the, the, listen, the big fleets have entire departments that, that figure the bean counters everywhere. Okay. When they start slowing down trucks and, 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 and putting speed limits on trucks, they understand that that saves them tons of money 
in fuel cost. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yet the one guy that with the, with the Pete, I don't give a rat's ass about fuel mileage. If I, if I have to, if I have to worry about that, I'm not getting enough rate. You know, that's the attitude they take. But the bottom line is, listen, we have a 2000 or is it a 2000, 2001 classic classic one, I think. Yeah. So one. Okay. That our, uh, one of our, probably our best fuel miles driver in the fleet is in that truck now. Okay. This week he got 7.1, 7. 7.3, 7.1 7. I think. miles per gallon hauling platform stuff in that, uh, in that, in that uh, truck. So, you know, fuel miles can be obtained, you know, even in a, 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 a classic Freightliner squared off hood, big old ass bumper, you know, um, it's, uh, it, it can be done. You know, he, he, he proved it could be done. And when he was in what we call a lunatic truck, he was approaching eight every week, you know, uh, or more. So, um, you know, that, that's just all about you, you know, and you, you had to decide that you're going to, you're going to pay attention to what fuel costs, buy it right. You know, there's, there's a, there's a, a way to buy fuel properly. Uh, a lot of people don't know that they don't understand it. They think they do, but they don't. <clears throat> and then I'm mean, at your number one cost. You know, it, 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 it can, it can be, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 grand. You know, there'll be a lot of people that could go out of business. If they, if they drop the 70 down to 50, they could stay in business. You know, the other thing is not knowing their cost per mile. You know, somebody just asked, how do you figure out what your talk costs per mile? Well, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is take all of your expenses <clears throat> and divide it by the miles you drive and uh, you, you'll know. But you need to know that, you know, you, and you need to know it every couple of weeks because it will change. And uh, um, but that's what we and, and also you the, your cost has to be in there. You know, you, you think, well, I, my, I'll drive for free. No, you can't. OK, uh, you can't drive for free because otherwise, how are you going to make money? You know, you got to pay yourself. And um, if you don't pay yourself, then all of a sudden you're not going to be uh, in business either. So, um, well, and and that's you know from from the fleet manager perspective here, um, I, I I do I have the most interaction with all the drivers, and one common theme that I see, uh, we we try to or we don't try we tell people, you have to run this truck like it's yours. This is your opportunity to practice being an owner operator you practice making decisions you practice creating habits and no matter how many times we say it, they just don't that it doesn't really sink in uh because i i don't know part of it's probably like well i mean i'll i'll do of course i'll do that when it's my truck but i don't have to do it now it's larry's truck okay but you've got to have the habits of accounting You've got to have the habits of keeping up with your receipts. You've got to have the habits of knowing your cost. You've got to have the habits of knowing when your next service is. But that's not going to just magically happen when you buy a truck. You're not going to all of a sudden go, oh, well, now, now I've ignored it the whole time I was in Larry's truck. Um, but now I'm going to start paying attention. And now I'm going to start focusing on the details. And now I'm going to start uh, thinking about when my next service is due and it's that's what this program is for the program is here for you to experience and taste and touch and smell all of these things uh, that 
yes, Larry has all the habits. I've sat and watched him do accounting. It's incredible. Uh, the the amount of, of detail that it takes to go through a 12 truck settlement once a week and make sure everybody gets paid because first we've got to make sure we got paid, you know, and then go through and figure out whatever Landstar screwed up and then turn around and make sure that everybody gets paid. Um, you have to start creating those habits. And if you don't, you're, you're going to be screwed because then you don't know, well, how well am I doing? What's that line? Uh, performance measure. Performance measured. Performance improves. Performance measured. Performance improved. If you're not measuring what you're doing, and I mean it's a culture shock for anybody coming to Landstar, uh, becoming an owner operator. Um, it's mentally challenging. It's mentally taxing just to come and haul the loads. Not set aside all the all the other stuff, the accounting and the paperwork. And, um, and, and so you, you, if you're not prepared and you don't have all of those, uh, those habits already created, uh, the mental stuff's going to get you. And, and then it snowballs. Uh, and, and cause y'all I've lived it. Well, um, Paying attention to, to, to your cost. You know, we, 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 we teach this, you know, you can increase your, you can, you can increase your income two ways. You can go out and work harder and raise your revenue, you know, do more loads, work more days, whatever you do, but you have a cost of doing that. Whatever your cost of business is it still exists in that additional business. But if you take that effort and concentrate on lowering your cost, you save that first dollar and every dollar after that, there's no cost of business to lower your cost, you know? So it, it's much more efficient and it's much more effective to, to, to concentrate on cutting costs than it is on increasing revenue. Um, you know, it's a work harder versus work smarter thing, you know? Um, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, that that's their answer to, to the fuel mileage thing. Well, I don't, I don't care what fuel mileage is. I'll just haul into the load. Well, that load, if you're getting shitty fuel mileage now, you're going to get shitty fuel mileage on that other load too. And, and you're doing all this effort and you're making a fraction of the money you would make if you just concentrate on cutting your costs, you know, and uh, that's why slowing down makes sense. Okay. It, it slowing down cuts cost. Okay. Uh, speeding up adds a little revenue, but there's a cost to that. Slowing down, there's no cost to slowing down, okay? And that's the easiest thing to do, you know? There's lots of other things you can do. We, we, at, at, at the CMC, we came up with like 67 things that you can do to improve your fuel mileage, okay? So, uh, and, and, there, and it's, there, there's tons of them that you can do, but they're little things. You know, you're not going to have these big, heavy hits. Tires might be one of them, you know? Um, probably the biggest one. Well, besides the driver, tires are probably the biggest thing that we see that affects fuel mileage. Uh, and people go, Oh, well, what about, what do you mean tires? Well, there are tires that cost you money because they they suck at fuel mileage. Okay. And there are tires that make you money because they give you such better fuel mileage. You know, everybody, they, you know, you know, everybody has opinion about wide base singles, but let me tell you something. Okay. Um, they save us money. Uh, I don't do anything in this business that doesn't affect, you know, uh, the bottom line. And if I thought that, uh, that, um, tires didn't matter, then we wouldn't, we wouldn't do what we do. 
but I don't, uh, I don't make decisions in this business about anything except whether or not it makes money or not. And it's, um, we can go into this. I think we did a podcast on that one time, but, uh, we can, I can, I can prove to you that, that you, you, you could have tires in your truck that you could throw away right now and save money by doing it, you know? Um, but you got to do whatever it takes. You, you now is the time you got to do whatever it takes to get your cost per mile down. Okay. Because the rate structure is not going to support it. You know, forget the fuel for right now. If you're at Landstar and the fuel surcharge and you're, and you're, you know, we, a nine of our trucks this week, we had 10 trucks running this week. Okay. We've got two or three that are off right now. Nine of our 10 trucks this week made money on the fuel surcharge. Their cost, their fuel cost per mile was less than the fuel surcharge. And the fuel surcharge this week was 66 cents a mile. So the fuel thing is not the problem. That doesn't affect us a bit. And it really won't affect you a bit if you get your costs in order. But if you, um, but if you're running out here and your cost per, you know, your cost to drive your truck is two bucks a mile, you know, um, that, that race structure is not going to be there. You know, you're going to be pulling that cheap freight that you're making fun of right now will be what you haul if you stay in this business, you know? And, um, that's why I always get a tickle, a chuckle out of cheap freight. You know, I, I, I've never yet seen anybody give me a definition of cheap freight that made sense. Uh, you know, um, but anyway, I, I digress. Um, what do you think about, about, about the bloodbath, Chris? I mean, what do you, well, <clears throat> I, I I purposely put it in our in our title, um, and immediately hooked a couple in the jaw before we even started. Um, it's going to be a bloodbath for some people. It's not going to be a bloodbath for us. We're not going to be in that situation. We weren't in that situation when you started in two. You weren't in that situation in two thousand nine or in twenty fourteen or in 2017, or in 2019, um, and we weren't in 2020, and we're not going to be this time. Um, and I and it was funny, you know, I kind of refired my TikTok, um, and um, boy, the, the the trolls are are at it hot, you know. Uh, you know, well, don't tell he don't don't haul cheap freight. Landstar sucks. Um, but th- but like you've always illustrated, they can never quantify what cheap freight is they they will just don't haul cheap freight okay well what how much per mile is that you know um, and what I'd wait, we got a comment right here that's just not true cheap hmm. freight is not hauling before your costs if your costs are four dollars a mile cheap freight's not you're saying everything less than four dollars is cheap freight <laughs> that's that's just not true okay um there is no such such thing as cheap freight it just doesn't exist Nope. It might, it might not work for you, but that doesn't mean it won't work for somebody else. And if, and, and if your cost is so much that, that, that freight is cheap, maybe the problem is not the freight. Maybe it's, it, it, maybe it's you, you know, I, 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 I get tickled about this, the, this freight wizard that that's out there. So this rate wizard, you know, <laughs> yeah. that there's somebody, there's some, there's some deity somewhere that sets the, 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 the price of freight, you know? And, and, uh, and, and, and a lot of people in this business think it's brokers, you know, uh, gas, the, the, the freight's just like anything else. It's what, it's what the, it's what the free market will pay. You know, when it gets to the point where no one will, will, uh, will pay it, then it will change. It's all about supply and demand. 
You know, right now we have way too many trucks and not near enough freight because everybody says freight's pulled back. You know, number all everything you look at, all the all the data points are there are less loads available right now to haul. Okay, but yet the, the number of trucks are still there. Now that will change. Uh, there's 1,100 trucking companies that are going out of business. All right, um, in 2009, 25% of MC numbers went out of business in 2009. My first year as an owner operator. And uh, freight was, al- I mean, fuel was almost five bucks a gallon back then too. And um, so uh, the, the market will adjust because the, 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 you know, you, the survival of the fittest here, the guys who can afford to run the, their trucks for what the market will pay will survive. The guys that want to all, they want to modify the market to fit their cost structure will not, will not. You cannot, you cannot dictate the, the market based on what your cost is. That, that's not, the market could give, could give a rat's ass about your cost. Okay. The market's going to pay what the market's going to pay. <clears throat> it, it's, you know, I'll book 50 to 60 loads a week. Um, and, you know, let's say that, well, our minimum daily rate right now is $2,000 and we want to do $10,000 a week. So five $2,000 loads. Well, I have to make a calculation. Sometimes I'll see a $3,500 load that goes 900 miles. Well, that's essentially a two-day load. Now, if I can pick it up early on day one and deliver it in the after early afternoon of day two, I could technically find a $500 load to deliver day three, and I'm at my minimum rate. Well, $500 loads, that's, that's cheap freight. Okay. But in the breadth of what I'm doing in a week, did it matter? No, it didn't matter. We've got to get away from this idea that that my voluntary cooperation and association with another person is any of your business and somehow affects you in some way that if I hauled a load for a rate that, that I'm somehow doing something to you, that's not how economics works. It's how communism works. But anyway, um, back to, back to taking responsibility for things, you know, when, when I had a dedicated customer at Landstar for two and a half years, when I went on vacation, I would not dump that in the agent's lap and say, listen, I'm out of here. I would go find somebody. I would network through Facebook or I would call friends and I would find someone for them to cover that load that week. So when we took the entire fleet to the truck show, that, that load was uncovered. Right. And I called the agent and I said, Hey, I'm going to, um, I'll, I'll put some Facebook posts up in the Landstar groups and see if I can find somebody to cover this load. Okay. This load pays on average about $5,000 a week and takes a little less than three days to do. And it's super easy. It pays round trip. You get paid to come back empty and the customer pays all the tolls. Okay. I put it up and these morons in these groups, are like, well, it's going to sit there until you get back for that kind of money. You know? <clears throat> and, and and fortunately, what they did 
was with all of their virtue signaling nonsense about how stupid I am and how terrible the customer is and how terrible the agent is for having such garbage uh, freight uh, on our board. Uh, they stirred up so much crap that one of our mentoring clients saw it and called me. He's like, Hey man, I'll cover that load for you. And he covered Matter of fact, I think he's watching right now. He is. Um, <clears throat> and, and he covered it for us, right? <laughs> he just said it did. <laughs> it did pay good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, John, John made some good money that week, you know? Thank, thanks John for covering that by the way. Yeah. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, but th think of the lunacy of that, that, because when the bloodbath happens, guess what's going to happen to that rate for that dedicated lane? It ain't going to change. Right. Especially in the early, you know, the first two to six weeks uh, when things are going to be very, very difficult and rates in the spot market are going to tank big time, probably down into the buck 50 range. Um, everybody's going to lose their mind and everybody's going to be screaming and crying and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, but that contract freight's still going to be there. You know, well, guess who has been taking care of these direct customers? Had one call me the other day. She had a load that wasn't great. You know, it didn't really fit our parameters. But I had a guy available, and she's like, hey, can you, you know, I just had a truck fall off this. Can you help me? Absolutely, yes, ma'am. You know, it was a couple hundred dollars under what we normally do, but it was dropping hook on both ends. It was an easy load. And I said, yes, ma'am, I'm going to help you because when it hits the fan, these, uh, agents are going to remember who took care of their de dedicated customers that they work very diligently to keep. And can you imagine what it's like being, well, of course you can't imagine what it's being like being an agent because you don't care. But think about it for a second. You're an agent. You're trying to go out and beat the street and get direct customers in, a, in an environment like this. And then nobody will haul it. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just insane um, that and – it's, and it's ignorance, you know. And, and <clears throat> give me one soapbox for a minute because part of this ignorance is baked in from day one of the training process. And, and I never would have believed after 25 years that I would get experienced drivers because we have to have experienced drivers here at Landstar that can't read a map, that can't, like, do basic math. Like, it, it's – and they're so and, – and it's – they're programmed that way by this industry, and it makes my blood boil. Uh, the way these big carriers, Schneider, I'm talking to you, U.S. Express, Prime, all y'all bastards, every one of you, I'm calling you out because you suck. You're, you, are, you are screwing people over with your, with your useless training program where you train people to be robots so that they can't ever get outside of your system and make any money. Oh, but they have lease purchase programs, Chris. Come on. It's <clears throat> <clears throat> got me all choked up. Anyway get off my soapbox for a minute um it it's it when it, it look let's go back to 2020 uh i think zeke and i were talking about this the other day because i went back to our 2020 spreadsheet and he was like well how how long how bad was it and i went and looked and and for about six weeks it was a real struggle to find loads now 
I don't think, because somebody up here in the comments, I'll go back and see if I can find it, but it was about China. Um, boy, here's some, there's some crazy stuff happening in China right now. Um, they have 20 million truck drivers in China. Um, so that's what, seven times how many we have? And they are being literally locked in their cabs right now and not allowed out. Um, things are bad. Which is obvious. There it is. Uh, do you think the bullwhip effect from China will delay the bloodbath once they open up again and volume skyrockets? I think this is certainly a possibility because we saw this from the first round of lockdowns in 2020. We kind of did see a bullwhip where, you know, we did and we didn't because we had so much. Uh, we can only bring in so much freight at the ports, and as we learned from um, from Sarah a few episodes back the East coast can't handle those big ships. They can only come to the West coast. So, um, what I'm, what I'm thinking that might be happening right now that we're not thinking about is that a lot of people that were depending on China, China has become this kind of unreliable source. Our, our, our manufacturers either trying to make stuff here or other places that they don't have to deal with China. Cause I don't, what China's doing right now is not sustainable long term. I mean, they can't keep putting a barrel of the gun in their own mouth and pulling the trigger like this. They're going to have to get back on the horse and start shipping and manufacturing. So it's certainly possible, I would say, that when China opens back up, which is supposed to be first part of May, so they say, um, you know, I don't know. It might happen. It might not happen. Um, we're more likely, I think, to see um, just a cooling off period because we're, we're having the same kind of deal that we had in 2018. Everybody and their brother went and bought a truck because it's easy to make money in trucking right now. Well, once that volume and capacity gets out of whack, like it did in 2018, it eventually caught up in 2019, and then we had a dip. I think the dip this time will probably be probably be bigger. Um, and like 2009, 25% of MC um, numbers went away. And so if, um, if, if, if 25% of carriers go out of business, um, they will go out because the rates have dropped to an unsustainable level for their operation. And that's Mr. $5,500 truck payment. You know, so <clears throat> I want to I want to address something that somebody said here earlier. <clears throat> we were you're talking about <clears throat> the type of people that these um, carers produce these robots, and then someone made the comment that yet yeah, we hire these types. Well, let me let me address that for a minute because first of all, we don't really hire truck drivers here. You know, our program is. It, it's uh it's definitely a a, a 15 month business program um, that teaches people how to make money as an owner operator um and yes we do accept those people in the program because that's what the industry produces you know what what we choose the type of people we choose are and we listen, we've got a we got a guy here very very successful that was a quote senior trainer for one of these big companies, and he did when he got here he had no idea how to read a map, 
Matter of fact, he was he was told that if he if he varied from their routing on the Qualcomm one mile, they would fine him fifty dollars. So that that's who that's who applies. That's who wants to get in the program. But we don't hire him based on that. We we hire him based on uh, on on how badly they want to change their situation, how badly they want to become uh, financially free. And and trucking is a great way of doing that because it's the easiest way I've ever found to, to make money. Now it's going to get a little hard, harder here in the next little bit, but really not for us. I mean, we we you know our, our, we teach our guys to do what we do, and that's to go pay cash for a truck, keep your costs low, uh, get you, get the best fuel mileage you can. Um, so we we teach a program of how to make money in trucking. And, uh, if, and if you come here and you can't read a map, that's, that's not something that we judge you on. That's just something we have to teach you when you get here. Well, listen, it was a shock for me. You know, I would, in 1997, I was taught how to drive a truck. Like we didn't have ABS. You had to learn stab braking. Everybody remember that? What, what, how much fun that was. I didn't have a Jake brake in my first truck. So I had to go off Eisenhower and Vale on I-70 in Colorado with no Jake. Um, I had to, I had to know how to shift, you, you know, but we're hiring people based on attitude, not necessarily experience. Landstar has a minimum experience, obviously. There, but, there, there are people we would have hired, but Landstar won't let us, uh, because they don't have enough experience, but, but their attitude was exactly what we're looking for. And that's happened, Chris. I mean, yeah. A bunch. Well, I saw <clears throat> somebody had asked about box trucks um, yeah. and the model. And I saw a TikTok the other, day, the, the other day about this guy that had a, had a box truck, was doing furniture deliveries. And he, um, had, he had bought the truck and he had tried to get on with Amazon, but they wouldn't take him because he had a felony. So he ended up figuring out a way to go do it on his own without Amazon and, and, was, and has built a pretty successful business. But there's been a couple of guys that we really wanted to hire based on 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 attitude and and all that, and they had some sort of criminal thing that we don't I, we never knew about. Um, but there's good people that we want to hire. I mean, hell, I, Zeke's wanting to come on here and drive his own truck, but he drives a fuel tanker up and down the mountains of West Virginia in and out of these God awful hollers, but that's not good enough. You know, it's just insane. Cause growing up around here, all these coal truck drivers and I mean, could drive a nice truck through hell and, but oh, and they don't have over the road experience. It's, it's such horseshit that, that people can get qualified that don't know how to drive a truck. They don't know how to shift. They, they've been stuck in these automatics and, the then you get the these trucks that we have obviously are older trucks you have to know how to drive them and and this, it's a huge struggle um you know it, it's just it's just in it's just insane that this industry is not teaching people how to drive trucks they're teaching them how to be steering wheel holders that shut the hell up and do what they're told <clears throat> well, so, uh, the bloodbath, um, I mean, now's the time, you know, we, 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 we still have, 
the, I mean, the fuel thing is, is, um, you know, has already happened, but we still have rates out there, you know, uh, now's the time to make the adjustments. Okay. I mean, the storm's coming, you know, now's the time to batten down the hatches and get ready for it. But if you'll work on your fuel mileage and work on, on, on improving, you know, your, um, uh, your efficiency and lower your cost, you might be able to get through this, you know? Um, you really need to, to take a hard look at, at, at your truck. I mean, if, if trucks are selling for what they're selling for right now and you've got one of those, why don't you just sell it and go work for somebody through this blood bloodbath instead of going bankrupt? You know, if you, you can sell a truck now for double what you paid for it, sell it, mm-hmm. sell it, go get a job. Okay. And go get a job and save some money and, 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 and ride out the storm and then come out on the other end and don't do that again. Go pay cash for a truck. And go pay cash for a truck that you can get fuel mileage out of. Um, it's either sell it now while you could get your money out of it or sell it when you're in bankruptcy court, you know, because it's going to happen. It's- so you you got on, a, you ha- you did a, um, a one-man, I think a TikTok thing this week that mm-hmm. is getting a lot of attention. Um, why don't we, why don't we touch on that just a little bit here? Cause some of our guys might not watch TikTok like me. I don't even know what it, I don't, I don't even, TikTok is a watch as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. My, well, my okay. grandfather clock, this is TikTok over here. <laughs> so, um, so if you, in case you don't know what TikTok is, it's basically videos that are three minutes or less. Um, and so it, when you're going to put something on TikTok, you pretty much got to get to the point, you know, you don't have time to dick around and you, you've got to get to it. So. There's a steady stream of, of nonsense in Landstar Facebook groups. And, um, and, and we had it at the, um, um, at, at BCO days in Memphis, you know, these people just so indignant and so offended that, that a load was on the board and they called about it and it wasn't available. It was covered or it didn't pay what it was posted for. And, so and, and it and it never goes away because I guess I'm gonna call Landstar out a little, a little bit here. That I feel like they could fix this in orientation, but whatever they don't. Okay, so I I used my three minutes to say um, that there are at that time there were eighty two thousand loads posted on the Landstar board. And if you take all of the indirect freight, 3PL freight off the board, that number gets cut by about 90%. Um, So that's about 8,800 direct shipper loads posted on the board. Now, sidebar, we all understand that there are a lot of direct loads, thousands of them, that never get posted on the board because, like with us, I get a load every Thursday for the following week. There's no reason to post that load. And so there are thousands and thousands of loads every day that don't get posted on the board because they're direct freight and they're already covered. Somebody's doing them regularly. Okay. So in order to feed 11,000 trucks, we need to be able to pull loads that are not direct shipper freight, meaning that a Landstar agent does not have a direct relationship with that customer. We need loads from J.B. Hunt. We need loads from C.H. Robinson. We need loads from TQL. We need loads from ABC and DEF, okay? Well, somebody's got to get that load for us. I can't call 
and I'm not going to get a DOT, a DAT subscription or truckstop.com subscription. I'm not going to pay for that. That's what my 35% is for. Okay. So the Landstar agent is going to either A, have relationships, and there are there are plenty of 3PL agents, copy and paste, bait and switch agents, that have direct relationships with C.H. Robinson, where, in, and, and I, I can tell you, I could probably read off three or four names right now of people in Ukraine that uh, if the load is posted, it's good. That, that there, There's no question. They know who the representative is on the other end. Is it a direct customer load? No, it's not a direct customer load, but it's a direct relationship between that agent and whoever that 3PL is. So I have to book probably 70% of our loads are not direct customer. So put yourself in the position of the agent for a second. All right. An agent sees a load on DAT. They cannot call that broker until they have a truck. How do they get a truck? They post it on, on the Landstar board. For one, what they think a BCO will call. And two, uh, a measure of what they think the broker will actually pay. So they post it. All right, I think I can get this load for 2200 BCO calls. Hey, I'm calling about this load from A to B. All right, hang on a minute. Let me call the customer. And they call the customer. Customer says, yeah. Uh, we're only paying two thousand on that run. Well, I've got a truck and he'll do it for twenty two hundred. Well, we're we're only paying two thousand. That's bottom dollar. So then you go back to the BCO and you say, hey, they only want to pay two thousand. Now this is where a business person would go. Well, I know what my cost is, and I know you know I I know what I can do and what I can't do. Two thousand is a good rate for that. I'll take it for two thousand. But that's not what they do. They, they bitch and whine and scream and you lied to me and blah, blah, blah. But none of that is actually happening. That's not what's actually happening. But uh, the agent cannot call DAT or truckstop.com or whoever and say, hey, I want to book this load. All right, what's the truck number? Well, I don't actually have a truck yet. I'm going to post it on a Landstar board. That's not happening. They have to have somebody call them first before they can call the broker and say, I have a truck and here's what we'll do the load for. Now, in a market like this, it's easy. There's been plenty of times where <clears throat> they'll have it posted for $2,200. they will be come back and be like, hey, man, I got for $24. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. One of the funniest comments on the TikTok is that as there's a line in there, I said, you realize these agents are trying to do you a favor. They're trying to get freight for you. And these, 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 these the, the truck driver morons in the comment section uh, oh, 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 that's funny. Uh, 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 an agent or broker trying to do something to help you. Yes. You can't do what you do without them. Idiot. You, you have to have them as much as they have to have you. And I, I can't even imagine the emotional psychological abuse that is, that is handed out on a daily basis um, uh, to agents by BCOs. And by the way, and Larry can testify on this one, Y'all realize that there are agents with direct customer freight that would rather use an approved carrier than a BCO? <laughs> Why is that? Why is that? <clears throat> Maybe because they're jackasses that won't answer the phone, that won't communicate, that won't send an email, that won't tell them what's going on. But a, an approved carrier, that might be a company driver in a carrier's truck. 
oh, that company driver's going to do what the hell they're told to do by their carrier. And, of course, that carrier has a lot more risk than a BCO does, which was another TikTok that I did. Somebody's like, well, why lease to Landstar? I said risk management. Risk management. That that's that's probably the biggest uh, the biggest thing that we that Landstar provides us for that thirty five percent they take from us is is risk management that we wouldn't that we wouldn't have that if we were a carrier and so these carriers are more motivated than BCOs because BCOs think they're company drivers you know uh, so I did all that in three minutes right so it shows my immense level of talent when it comes to producing social media content. Um, but uh, I, I love Richie's. Y'all just go read Richie's comment. I can't put it on the screen. He'll get me kicked off of YouTube. Um, you have to be a servant if you're going to make it in business. And if you're at Landstar, the agent is your customer. That's your customer. Keep treating them like garbage and see what happens to you. Because I'm telling you, when it hits the fan, and it's going to hit the fan, I can't predict it. I don't know the day and the hour, but it's coming. And when it does come, guess who they're going to call? Old Blue Ribbon. Because Blue Ribbon's been taking care of them this whole time. And all these chicken shit a-holes that, uh, that bitch and whine and complain. If I was an agent right now, I'd be taking notes on these Facebook groups. I'm going to find that guy's truck number. He's never going to haul the load for me. You don't know that they're not. Well, that's true. BCOs think that they're the only ones with no haul lists. <laughs> Got news for you. Yeah. You know how sometimes you call and that load's not available, but it's still on the board? Maybe it just wasn't available to you. That's a possibility. <clears throat> well, and let me let me put this little nugget in here, okay? We started um, on our spreadsheet. I got a big spreadsheet that we keep for all, you know, keep track of all this. And used to be if a load canceled or something or something happened, I would just delete the entry and overwrite it. And I stopped doing that. And now I just highlight it in orange so that at least I know that there had been a load there because it might've been Richie. Somebody called one day and called an agent and said, well, you canceled on us five times. Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, so now I'm keeping track of everything, every truck order, not used every load canceled, whether we had to cancel cause we had a breakdown or something happened. And I'm keeping notes on all that stuff because if somebody wants to say, oh, well, you did this, that, and the other, no, 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 I got the documentation. Well, uh, I know we get a lot of Landstar listeners here. I know we get a lot of BCOs here. You know, we are available to, um, to mentor, coach, dispatch, you know, we, we don't have a lot of, uh, of, of availability, but we do have some. And, uh, if you want to be serious about, you know, getting your, your, you know, your business squared away and getting ready for what's going to happen, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. And, um, you know, we're fee-based, uh, if we're going to dispatch for you, we're percentage-based. But um, I'm sure a lot of you do a fine at dispatching, but maybe you're just not where you need to be business-wise. You know, uh, if you don't have an accounting system, if you don't, if you're not keeping up with your expenses, if you're using ATVS and you're just taking the package they send you and throwing it in the corner and not opening it up and look at it and analyzing your operation, then you, you, you really need to consider having some help, you know. 
business is about business, you know, and unfortunately business involves numbers. And, um, you know, that's, that's what we do here very, very, very well. And, uh, we'll be glad to, to, to talk to you. And, and well, I've got it on the screen. Let's talk about it just real quick. So it's three phrases, uh, increasing your revenue. I will dispatch. Well, me or Seth one, uh, we'll dispatch for you and we will increase your income. I am the trip planning ninja. Um, and, and I got plenty of people that'll testify to that fact. Um, you know, it, it it's, um, it's one thing for me to pick your loads because I'm really good at it. Um, and I can get your revenue up, but I think the, and, and I think John and some other guys are here in the comments can probably testify. I'm really, really good when things go wrong, you know, uh, load cancels or something happens. Well, you're in the middle of it. You're, you're out there, you're trying to drive and all this stuff. Well, that's when you, when you really get in deep is when you can call the old trip plan ninja and, and I will get you back on the road. Um, I had one last week where the, the agent changed the destination three times. First, we were going to Indy. Nope. We're going to Michigan. Okay, great. So I tore all that down. I went to Michigan, got a bunch of loads lined up. Well, that one got on hold. We're going back to Indianapolis. I had to call and tear all that down and put it all back together. Um, that's where I excel. That's where I'm really, really, really good. Uh, phase two is understanding the Landstar system. Um, this is where, you know, people don't know, they don't know how to download their settlements. Like they, they, they it's, it's crazy. The number of people that come here and, you know, Larry always says Landstar is an equal opportunity place. They, you know, they put you through a couple of days of orientation, give you a login to Landstar board and a fuel card, pat you on the butt and wish you the best of luck. If you figure it out, you figure it out. If you don't, you don't. Uh, we can help kind of demystify the system, show you how to get to everything, uh, get get your settlements, uh, understand how to find things, how to stay compliant, um, and then uh, phase three, improving your bottom line, and that's business coaching and showing you how uh, to uh, lower your costs. Because like Larry said, a dollar saved is a dollar earned. Uh, you're always better to save a dollar than you are to go spend 50 cents to make another dollar because then you're only making 50 cents. Well, if, if you, if you don't know what your fuel mileage, if you don't know to the, to the 10th of a percent or a penny, what your fuel mileage is, <clears throat> then you're, you're not doing yourself justice. You're in business to make money. If you don't know what your costs are, how do you know? And if you don't know what your cost per mile is, there's no way you can, you'll never survive the bloodbath if you don't know your cost per mile. You will be a casualty early, early on. These are things that we teach. You know, it, 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 there's a business side of trucking. You know, we don't teach how to back into a dock. And I mean, other than the dispatching thing that Chris does, we really don't do much about the trucking part of it. What, what I do is the business side of it, getting your business healthy, you know, and understanding that you have to know what these, it's not just having the numbers, it's looking at them and understanding what they are and what, what effect it's going to have on you and how you can go about improving them. That's what it's all about. You know, so we, um, you know, we can, we can work with you and help you do that, uh, assuming that you want to do that. And, and of course, if you don't have an accounting system or you don't have a bookkeeping system, we can either help you with that or we can even do it for you. 
Um, so that's the optional side of this. But if you have an interest in, in, in present, now this is for, for BCOs only. We don't do it for outside other carriers. It's only for Landstar BCOs. And, um, you know, reach out to us and we'll, uh, and we'll send you this information. And, and again, keep in mind, though, we, we don't have, we probably have, what would you say, Chris, maybe five slots at best. Yeah. You know, so first five or the best five get it. So, and it's a, it's a, uh, it's a six month, uh, renewable program. It's a six month program and you can renew at the end of six months. If you want to, uh, I think John Reynolds on here. Uh, he's one of our, uh, one of our mentoring clients. He just renewed for his second six months. So uh, I think he probably would, uh, witness that, uh, Chris has made him a buttload of money and, um, um, but anyway, so, um, that'd be $216,800 in gross revenue since I started dispatching for him. I started tracking that the other day. Okay. It's not bad for 20, 20 you know, weeks that w- one of the Landstar guys that was at our company dinner, the guy from Arizona, <clears throat> he was pretty impressed with the fact that, you know, we're our, um, you know, our, our, well, we don't hit it every week, but our, our goal is, is basically, um, $10,000 a week per truck over 50 weeks. You know, of course we, the guys take off for the holidays you know, that's $500,000 a year revenue that he that blew him away. You know, mm-hmm. you know, the average BCO takes 1.7 loads a week, right? <clears throat> so, um, he was pretty impressed with, uh, the fact that we got drive in people here doing general freight, doing a half million dollars a year revenue to the truck, you know, a revenue. So, <clears throat> there, uh, we- <clears throat> there's a little side conversation going uh, here in the comments, um, I, I want to address this, uh, nomadic Brit. Um, I'll just grab this one. Um, so, and I, he's an independent contractor with Schneider cause I took a little shot at Schneider. Um, and, um, his least only have done extremely well, different people over different hole, different holes, <laughs> but, but it must be a British <laughs> thing. Uh, or, ty- or a really unfortunate typo, but Schneider has done me well. <laughs> Okay, well, so let me say this. I, I spent a couple years at Schneider, um, and I did well there. Um, any of these big companies, pretty much, if you if you if you work their system the way their system is set up, you'll make money. You'll be fine. You know, if you if um, it used to be they'd have these operating centers around, and and uh, I ran into this new dude like straight out of training, like in Charlotte, and he's like, oh, "What's the first thing I should do?" I said, "Stay out of this room, right?" Because the bullshit is so deep in this room right here, just, just don't talk to anybody. Just go get in the truck, keep your mouth shut, learn how to do your stuff and you'll be fine. Um, now in re in recent years, I really have a bone to pick with these big carriers, the way they're training people. But here's what I wanted to say. The reason that I put Landstar on a shelf up above, above everybody else is that there is no ceiling. You can go do specialized van. You can go do specialized flatbed. You can go high, wide, and heavy. Like, you can get into some really, really astronomical numbers um, of stuff that you can't do anywhere else because they just don't have that. You know, a lot of them have, like, kind of the general freight. You know, in your case, you're doing bulk. And I'm sure, you know, it's great money there. Um, uh 
but you know here we're what we're doing y'all is with a dry van i mean just 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 think about that for a second half a million dollars per truck pulling general freight we're not we don't have any special equipment other well williams doing platform now with conestoga but these numbers are with dry van general freight we're not doing anything special there are people here at landstar um that are doing specialized stuff with with oversize and with military contracts and ammunition and explosives and I mean, we were at BCO days, and I was hanging out with one guy, and he pulled his phone out of his pocket. He showed me a couple of freight bills, and I'm like, that's for one load? And he was like, yeah, it was one load. It took us about four days. It was $30,000. That's the kind of stuff that you can achieve at Landstar once you, you know. But again, you have to survive the first five years of business in order to do that. That's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get you to a place where if you want to go pay $250,000 for a damn big house sleeper, do it. Just pay cash for it. But you can't do that with your first truck. All right. I'm done. Well, it's not that we put down other carriers. The, 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 what we put down, though, is the lease purchase program uh, in any carrier, okay, because it's a ripoff. And uh, if you don't believe it, take your lease purchase contract to an attorney. And pay him and let him, he'll tell you for several hundred dollars. Well, I just told you for free. Um, but, uh, and, but the, the problem with, with, look, I, I, we're at Landstar and, and, and I, I would not be anywhere else, but Landstar is not without his faults. And I mean, I, I tell them that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm surprised they even interview me from the podcast because I told them up front, I said, look, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dance around things here. You may cut them. You may not, you know, you may not use them, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to pussyfoot here. We're going to, we're going to talk real. That's how, that's how I work, you know, but there's no way that I would do what we're doing anywhere else because no place else. I don't, it doesn't matter. I mean, Schneider choice, all, none of those things, even Mercer does not have the ability for us to control our own freight that we have here. Okay. Not being able to stack loads, not being able to, you know, not all the, th we, we are a business in business with a business and there's, there is no ceiling. As Chris said, there is no ceiling. You know, um, what I do here is much different than what most BCOs do here. Uh, but that's the beauty of Landstar is the, 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 the you have the flexibility of doing business the way you want to do it. There's guys here that we, you know, you can, you can kind of stereotype people and go, well, hell, they only did 1.7 loads a week. Well, that might be a, a farmer that farms six months out of the year and just drives the other six months. And at Landstar, that works fine. You know, there's no problem out here. So, um, you know, I, I, I just, we, 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 we sometimes talk bad about other carriers and, and, and it's not so much the carrier. At least I work for one. I work for Transport America, you know, and, and I, I still recommend them. You know, the opportunity there is not what it is here. You know, they tried several times to hire me back after I left, you know, and I said, dude, I can't, yeah, you guys can't touch what I'm doing here, you know, and he even tried to come out with some kind of program where you could put, pick your own loads. I said, that's not what it's about, you know, but anyway, the, uh, the, the thing that we preach against here, if you've listened very much is that we're very, 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 very much anti-lease purchase. We're very much finance, you know, pay cash for a truck. Now, if you now look, you've been doing this for ten years, and you know you—that's that's a different story. But if you're a first-time owner-operator buying your first truck, 
that's who our audience is. Okay. The rest of you are welcome to hang out and stay, but that's our audience. That's who we're in business to help is the first time owner operator buying the first truck. So, um, Well, it's, it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that, um, an industry like this, um, there was, you know, I put up a TikTok where on the, and on the five-year anniversary of my failure, April 7th, <clears throat> and, and I just, you know, said, Hey, this, you know, this is what happened in three minutes. You know, it was my fault. Um, and there was a comment that was so interesting to me. He goes, well, are you sure you failed? Or it wasn't just the the trucking industry preying on the weak. And I'm like, no, it was 100% me. Um, does the trucking industry prey on the weak? Possibly. Maybe the elephant is the, in the room is we should talk about why they're so weak and how easily they can be taken advantage of. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just funny that I come out and say, look, this is what happened, and it was my fault. No, it wasn't your fault. It was the manufacturer's fault. I'm like, you want me to blame Detroit Diesel? <laughs> really? Um, I, I don't know. It just it just baffles me that that people have a real problem with taking responsibility for um, their own failures and always looking for somebody to blame and. You know, let's see. Here's a comment. Do you guys have any advice for a person who just obtained my CDL but doesn't have any driving experience and would rather stay away from the mega carriers? Um, okay, so you have your CDL, which means you, I'm guessing you went through a school. Um, if you didn't go through a school, it's going to be hard to go. Um, there are some small carriers. You, they're just not easy to find. That's what I would do. Um, a friend of mine that I used to ran, run team with 20 years ago had let his CDL go and, you know, did a barbecue restaurant and then decided to get back into trucking. He went and got and re-tested uh, and was able to obtain his CDL, but he didn't go to a school. And he found a company, I think it was Thomas Keller, something Keller, up in Defiance, Ohio, and they brought him on um, and trained him and all that stuff. So I know they're out there. Um, but you've got to wade through, you know, all of the Swifts and Schneiders and all that. I can't say don't go to Swift and Schneider, you know. Um, uh, but if you're going to, just go in knowing that they're not going to give you everything that you need. You're, you're really going to have to self-educate, uh, which is the case in anything, you know. Uh, there was one comment on my TikTok that said, uh, you know, well, let's be honest. My, my teachers in school told me to stay away from truck driving because it was a bunch of uh, human traffickers and, and meth heads. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's why my kids are homeschooled. Um, you know, uh, it's just, it's insane. Um, but, you know, it, so if you're going to do it, search and search and search and search and search. Pick up the phone and start calling people. I have a CDL. I want to be trained, but I don't want to go shift and Schneider. I bet you're going to find them. I just don't know how without doing some legwork. 
<clears throat> you don't have to buy an old Columbia. You can buy anything you want to. Just buy pre-emission with a Detroit engine. Uh, <laughs> uh, what would be a good price to pay for a truck cash being 2007 or older? Unfortunately, right now, 20 to 25. Now, if you wait for the bloodbath, you'll get it for 10, 5 to 10. Uh, but right now, we're seeing the trucks that we would purchase are in the twenty to twenty five thousand range right now. Well, up to, up to forty. We yeah. we're, they're actually up to forty. <clears throat> but it's in a normal in a normal market, you should be able to find Zeke paid fifty five hundred for his. You know, now he has forty in it. So I would tell you, you know, be prepared to spend forty to fifty um, to get it to get it right. Uh, but your acquisition costs, if you're if you're careful and patient, you could get one under twenty thousand. <clears throat> so here's our here's our platform guy. This is Phil Freeze. He's our dispatcher for platform uh, and a heavy haul guy. Landstar's billing system will only allow them to bill ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars on a single freight bill number. There are loads that have been hauled at Landstar that required multiple load numbers in order to cover the complete cost of the customer. That doesn't happen at your standard big box carrier. Imagine getting paid more than $100,000 to do one load. Let me go, go back to that comment about the Columbia. I, 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 I got a... It's... Oh, but what if I don't want an old Columbia? Let, let, let's talk about that, okay? And I, you're probably, I know you're probably just screwing with us, but, you know, again, understand what we're doing here. First time on our operator buying the first truck. What we're trying to do here is minimize. Listen, I could give a rat's ass about Columbia or Freightliner or Peterbilt. What we're trying to do here is teach you how to minimize risk so that you don't come casually, so that you can live through a bloodbath, all right? It just so happens that, the, the truck that has the least risk or the engine that has the least risk is the Detroit Series 60, okay? It's the easiest to work on. You can get it worked on at any Freightliner uh, uh, or um, TA Petro in the country, most independent shops. Anybody that's ever worked on a diesel has the, the ability to work on a, a Series 60. You don't have to go to the dealership and stand in line for three or four weeks waiting to get looked at. So that's the only reason we do we say that. You know, I... Listen, if it, 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 it's all about just getting in business and staying in business, okay? And, and if you're getting in this business because the kind of truck you're going to drive, you're going to fail anyway, all right? You know, this is a starter truck. This gets you going. This gets you going for the first three or four years and gets you over the hump where you've got money in the bank and you understand how to stay in business. Then if you want to go out and buy a 120-inch ATRI uh, sleeper, knock yourself out, but pay cash for it, you know? So the, our whole thing here is not about what truck we drive. And, and, when, and that's another, when people, when, when we hire people, when they call us, if they're asking about what kind of trucks we're driving, we pretty much end that interview pretty quickly, okay? Because that's not what it's about here. It's about staying in business. It's about being able to get through this bloodbath everybody's talking about on the other end. It doesn't matter what kind of truck you drive to get through that. It's just a matter of having it paid for, having a shop that's easy to get to get to to work on it and keep it running. And oh, by the way, you don't have any Series 60 sitting on the side of the road right now waiting on sensors that are on a ship coming from China. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even all these hard to get overhaul kits I keep reading about. I bought three of them in the past three weeks. <laughs> I, 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 by the way, I have one. Okay. Highest bidder. What do y'all want to give me for it? Okay. <laughs> you know, all. Well, 
here's the other thing about the Columbia. Okay. You got to keep this in mind. Columbia century platform. Now you're, it's going to sound crazy, but I would rather have a Columbia than a Century because Century headlights suck. They're terrible. Um, but John made this comment, John Raines. I uh, says, I, re I rebuilt the whole interior of a Columbia for two grand. All right. I'm sitting here at my desk and I'm looking over on the, uh, on the table. My sister bought my seven-year-old a little toolkit for like his birthday or something. And he loves it. And inside that toolkit is a T25 Torx bit. I can... I could take that my seven-year-old's toolkit and replace the entire interior of a Columbia with that toolkit. It's got a hammer, it's got some wrenches, and it's got a T25 Torx bit. Because you can literally, I can have the whole dash out in less than an hour. And for a few hundred dollars, I can put a whole new dash in a Columbia. Um, the... Uh, it's a very, very simple um, truck. It's not flashy, and it's not all that comfortable, and it's it, but it is so, 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 so easy to work on. And so the cost of operation of a Columbia compared to a Volvo, I've got my two dispatch clients. One's got a damn Volvo, and the <laughs> other one's got a Peterbilt, okay? <laughs> I, went to, I went to the local Peterbilt dealer to pick up exhaust parts, right? And he gave me a comm check. He was like, hey, these exhaust parts are in. Uh, will you run down and pick them up for me? I'm coming through. And I'm like, sure, man. And I'm like, how much is it? He's like, oh, it's like $980. And I'm like, okay. So I got the comm check. And I walked in there. Y'all, I got a 90-degree elbow. I got a flange coming off of the turbo and one other piece for $900. I could have bought that stuff for a Columbia at the Freightliner dealer for two hundred bucks. Uh, the, the Volvo, God, the, don't even get me started on the Volvo. I mean, I love the I love our Volvo. It gets great fuel mileage when the right driver's in it. Um, but the prices for these parts are insane. Even, but not with Columbia. Even the key is thirty five dollars. Oh, I know. I, you know, key blank. Well, so our 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 Volvo had an ABS problem. And, um, and Carl spent about eight hours with a voltmeter. I mean, it was, it was painful to watch. And what he found was, you know, there's a connector, it's two sides of a connector. And it, basically inside one of the connectors, a wire had broken. And he's like, well, why don't you call up there and see how much this harness is? Okay. Y'all, this harness was not four feet long. It was $1,800 for a four foot harness. I called. I used a VIN number because it's it's all Bendix. It's it's all the same stuff, right? So I called um, I called a Freightliner dealer, and I'm like, "Hey, what would this what would this harness from the ABS module back to the sensors cost for a Freightliner?" And it was like seventy two dollars, but it was eighteen hundred at the Volvo dealer. You know that that's that's the thing. You got to get comfort. That's, that's the reason that we use a Freightliner. That's the reason why we use those two trucks is because it's cheap to operate. And look, we're not trying. You're not getting in business to impress somebody. If you are, you're going to fail anyway. You know, and you're getting in business to stay in business. And and I mean, look, there was a a, a whole seminar at Matt's about why owner operators get in business, and it was interesting to see what some of the things. But the most people did it because they wanted to control their own destiny. 
Well, the only way you do that is stay in business. Okay. If you buy a truck and go lease a truck, go finance a truck and you fail after a couple of years, you didn't accomplish anything you said. Matter of fact, you set yourself back because now you're probably bankrupt. Why not do it right the first time? That's why they call us lunatics. So we don't do it the way everybody else does. Okay. Why don't you just do it? Why don't you do it the safe way? So that when it's all said and done, that you'll still be in business after the bloodbath. Okay. You know, we, we, this isn't new to us. I started this in 2009. Okay. And so, uh, this bloodbath, I just laugh at that bloodbath. We'll see, you know, well, listen, we've been going a while. I, yeah. I do need, we do need to make a little, a couple of other things. We, uh, from a recruiting standpoint, we have got a couple three trucks we're bringing on. Um, and, uh, we, are still looking for the right candidates. So if you, um, if you haven't, um, checked us out, you haven't reached out to us, you want to get in our program, learn how to do all this, do it in our truck where we're the one taking the risk. Um, Chris, you got the, the link there that you can put up. Um, I should put you on the spot, didn't I? Shouldn't have done the, that. Uh, you talking about the, the form? Yeah. The, 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 Drive for us or whatever they wherever they go to to submit the um, online questionnaire. Um, it's blueribbonlogistics.com slash drive hyphen four hyphen us. You can also go to just drive the number four, drive four blueribbon.com, and it'll take you to this page. I thought you had those banners say where you could just bring them up. No, well, I, I did, but um. Anyway, we need to get a new producer. I'm, oh, there it is. Found it. There it is. Okay. So, yeah. So, if you're interested, reach out to us. You know, you got to qualify for Landstar. So, we got to get you that part. And then we'll talk to you about, you know, your your goals and and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, well, uh, it's, um, you know, we don't take everybody. We don't take anybody. We take people that we think are going to benefit from the program. So, um, no hard feelings if, uh, if it, if it, if it doesn't work out for you, but, um, you know, we're very selective, but, uh, the next thing we need to talk about is, um, at the, um, at the truck show, um, the conversation came up, um, while we were standing around the Pittsburgh power, um, booth. And if you, if you don't know this already, Pittsburgh power bought OPS, uh, a couple months ago. And, uh, I've been an OPS customer since 2009. I've been very, very vocal about the product. I support it. Always have. We've, I put it in my truck originally. We got it in every truck that we run. We have it in there. Uh, it's one of the things that lowers our cost of doing business because we don't throw good oil down the tubes. So, um, we had talked to OPS right before they sold out to Pittsburgh power about some sponsorship on this, uh, podcast and right about the time we got ready to get serious about it. The person couldn't tell me, but he said, well, we need to hang on for a little bit. There's some things getting ready to change and, and you know, that it might affect this. So, uh, we sort of let it drop. Well, that change obviously was the fact that Pittsburgh power bought OPS. So the other thing is we do have a 2016 truck that we run and uh, we uh, obviously are trying to minimize the risk of it. And, and the, the biggest problem you have with those emissions trucks, obviously, is the soot and that sort of thing, the DPF stuff. So we also became a customer, uh, I guess, about a year ago of the, uh, of the Max Mileage Catalyst. So we are um, 
we have become, I, I was an OPS distributor before Pittsburgh Power bought it, but now we are both an OPS distributor and a max mileage distributor. So if you're interested in either of those products, we can, we can hook you up. Um, we also are working, well, we've worked the deal already. We're just going to finalize a few of the little details, but um, Pittsburgh Power is going to come on as a, an official sponsor of the podcast. So we're probably going to be doing a little bit more of this kind of thing that Chris is doing right now. Uh, we're going to have to show you their, their logos and their brands. And, um, but they're going to, they're going to give us a little bit of money to do that. And, um, as much time as we spend doing this, uh, we, it's worth it for us to get paid a little bit for it. Uh, so far, the only thing we really get out of this is the recruiting benefit of it. We don't really make any money on this. Actually, it costs us money to do it because of the, all the, the subscriptions that we have to renew with the production stuff. Um, but um, you can go on our website, and uh, you'll be able to order uh, OPS stuff and Max Miles stuff right off our website. Um, and uh, uh, Chris, what am I leaving out here? Um, I think that, well, you know, we've got, it's not on our website yet. It will be, uh, we just got to get that set up. Um, and, and all the shipping, you know, we're just getting, we're, we're putting the basic bones of this deal together right now. Um, so, well, uh, Timothy asks, I have a 2015. What do you think of max mileage? Well, so far, so good. Um, we had, uh, this 2016, uh, Cascadia with the DD 15, we brought, when did we bring that truck on? Last fall. Last fall. Um, we put a team in it, and they had all kinds of, you know, lights and issues. And so we took it to Precision Truck Solutions up in Coshocton, Ohio, and they did a diesel force cleaning on it. And we have been using the catalyst ever since. And knock on wood, um, we have not had any major uh, emissions problems out of that truck. Um, and they, they, they were concerned that the one box was bad, uh, but they were able to do some tuning and changed a couple of sensors and clean some things out. And, um, uh, so it's, it's been probably eight months, you know, there's plenty of, uh, our friend, Steve Wheeler, uh, won a Landstar. He won the truck last year, I guess it was, last spring, um, the spring, the spring truck. And has been using Mike's mileage from day one. And he reports that, you know, his def usage is very low. Um, uh, now, Timothy also asked, did it increase mile per gallon? Now, I can't really testify this yet, but Richie uh, has an 06. 06. It's 05 motor, 14 liter EGR. Um, and we just started using the catalyst in it. And that truck has been a dog forever. And the fuel mileage has come way up on that truck. So, but, I, it, but correlation causation, I, I can't testify that it's the max mileage, but they don't, they don't represent it to increase fuel. I mean, it says, and they even admit the, the name's wrong, that they chose the wrong name for it. It wasn't designed to improve fuel mileage. It was designed to improve emissions problems. Yeah. So, uh, it's a soot reduction soot reduction it, it, it improves the 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 combustion in the chamber that's what it does we spent a long time talking to the engineer who who invented it we talk about your eyes glazing over pretty quick oh yeah she'll she get on a roll 
Um, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's not sold or represented to increase fuel mileage. That, that's not that kind of thing. It's just to help you not have DPF, uh, problems is what it's designed to do. And if you've already, if you've already got, you know, a couple hundred thousand miles or more on your truck, uh, we recommend you go get the diesel force cleaning. Pittsburgh power does that as long as some, uh, as well as some other places that we, that we use, uh, and then start using the catalyst and keep it clean. Um, because that's what it's designed to do is keep the soot, um, you know, uh, from being an issue. So if you're so Richie, uh, Richie has commented, uh, it worked amazing. No more hard, hard idling in the morning. Uh, don't spill it inside the truck though. <laughs> Cause it stinks. Um, yeah, don't let's do see that. big Chris, uh, max mileage is thumbs up Been running it two years or so quieter engine, less def usage and slightly better mileage. So there you go. So, and look, you're going to get stories of people that can't see any difference, you know, and there's some that do, but that's just how this stuff is, you know? Um, but, uh, we appreciate the uh, Pittsburgh power. You know, I've been a customer since Oh nine. I know Bruce. I mean, I, yeah, you know, he, I've got his cell phone number in my phone. So, uh, we're, uh, um, oh, there he is. Steve Wheeler's in the house, 8.63 mile per gallon, no parked regions, 200,000 miles in 18 months. Look at there. There's testimony for you. So, um, but anyway, we, we, we appreciate Pittsburgh power coming on. Now, the other part of this is we had to agree to improve our frequency a little bit in this deal. So, uh, we've kind of committed to a, every Sunday night, nine, and we did it eight tonight because Chris has to leave early in the morning to head to Florida, but we're our, our, what we're going to say, uh, is we're going to try our best to do a live, uh, uh, pod, pod, whatever you call what we're doing here, uh, every Sunday night at nine o'clock Eastern. So, um, that's part of our obligation to them for an exchange for what they're doing for us. So, you know, big Chris, if Richie only had somebody that could tell him ahead of time, Hey, Richie, whatever you do, do not spill that stuff in your truck. You know, I mean, I don't know where he's going to find that person that could tell him, uh, <laughs> very clearly, Whatever you do, do not spill the stuff in your truck. But, you know, I, I, he just doesn't have that kind of help. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything else there that we need to address or see you for dinner tomorrow? Oh, yeah, you're going down to see Rocky tomorrow. So yeah, we're, we're going down. You. We're going down to take another. I'm using one of my my overhaul kits tomorrow. We're sending the truck down to do an in-frame uh, down at uh, down Jacksonville. So Chris is taking the truck down tomorrow. and. <clears throat> I'm going to yep. get that done. So, um, all right, everybody. Well, listen, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll, um, we'll see you more frequently, obviously. Yeah. See y'all next week. Um, listen, let's, let's, let's get through this, uh, this rough patch coming up here these next few months, guys, work on your fuel mileage, work on your business, your plan, you know, know what it costs you to drive your truck. Uh, if you need help, reach out to us. We'll be glad to try to talk to you. Okay. Actually programming note. Um, we may be having an orientation next weekend. And if we do, uh, that's up in the air. If we do, it will be another live broadcast from the hotel, probably on Saturday night. On Saturday night. Weekends that we're at live events, we'll, we'll broadcast live on Saturday night. Big Chris OPS is oil purification system. It's an oil filter bypass system on board a refinery. Basically it takes the oil that's in your truck and that basically cleans it. Uh, so at the end of the day, you've got, uh, you've got totally refined oil back in your truck again. So, 
you know, uh, look, look at some of our uh, podcasts about uh, the Mercedes. I have a Mercedes that has 1.8 million miles on it. Um, n- everything on its original, except for a, a cracked head that was water related, bad design related. And um, it's had four oil changes in its life. So we won't go into that right now, but there, there, are, there are episodes that explain that. Uh, but it's the, uh, it's the number one modification we do to every truck we operate is, um, is put the OPS on it. So it's a, it's a money, it's an instant money saver. So, and, and William is reminded three or four times, and I should be doing this because we're YouTubers now. We need everybody to like and subscribe. Yeah. That helps the algorithm. It um, also, also helps our, our, uh, our uh, sponsorship rate, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The more, the uh, more we get of that, the more, the better off we are. Yeah. We, 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 when we go to re- renew this contract, you know, we, we need to have a whole lot more subscribers than we have now. So <clears throat> I know right, it is, I just paid my rig off. It might be my to do. Absolutely. If you don't have an OPS, listen, every, you should have OPS on your lawnmower. Okay. There's, there, there's no reason not to throw good all away. Okay. It just doesn't make any sense. And the best thing about the OPS is the, is the, is the lab program, the lab uh, sample program. You know, well, Larry's no got a, he's got a presentation that he does in our orientation. I, I, maybe in the next couple episodes, we'll just put that presentation up and let him roll through it. Okay. Um, and cause it, it's, it's, it's really, once you understand how it works, um, it's, it's a no brainer. I mean, it's, it's literally one of the first modifications you should do on a diesel truck is put an OPS on. And if you're trying to lower your cost per mile, throwing away oil over 15, 20, 25,000 miles is a good way to start. Yep. Stop doing that. So. All right. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see y'all next time. Take care, guys. Thank you.